Hi and welcome to the Silver Screen Queens podcast. Every week we watch a movie and sit down here to talk about it. I'm Mel. I'm Katie. And we're your hosts. This week we watched Doctor Strange, directed by Scott Derrickson and released in 2016. The plot goes something like this. A talented neurosurgeon loses the ability to do his job and embarks on a spiritual quest to heal himself. And just quickly before we get started, uh, this is either still out in cinemas or not yet out in cinemas in some places, so we're going to go with a spoiler warning here if you haven't seen it. Uh, maybe go see the movie and then come back and listen to this podcast. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah, there's spoiler warnings, but it's not like a movie where <laughs> spoiler warnings matter overly much. Um, you pretty much know what's going to happen. I've been keeping up with all the controversy around this movie, and I was going into it fully expecting not to like it, mm-hmm. or to at least, like, you know, think it was kind of fun, but still have a lot of problems with it. I do still have problems with it, but my God, I really liked it. Yeah. I really liked it. Like, I was having so much fun watching it, and I, f- like, I kind of liked it in spite of itself, because it just kept doing things that seemed like they were trying to make me not like it. Um, he's such a jerk. Strange is such a jerk for most of the movie, and, and, um, they completely waste Rachel McAdams, and then they whitewashed the ancient one, and, you know, um, you've got all of these problems with it. But it's so fun. Like, it's so fun. The fight scenes are so inventive and different to what we've seen recently and fun, and it looks cool, and there's a lot of humor in it. Even in the fight scenes, which I thought was really cool, like the the um the magic carpet cape thing. Oh yeah, that's the best is... character in the movie. Yeah. It's so funny, and it does all these like funny things in the middle of fights. And mm. I just I really like. I just had fun watching it, and I just mm. it it feels like a real um so much less of a disappointment to me than a lot of recent Marvel movies have been in terms of the actual fun I had watching it. Mm. Um, mm. while it's still got many many problematic elements. Yeah. I mean, I had fun too. I, I'm Possibly I had slightly less fun than you, but I still really enjoyed it. But we saw it on Thursday night when it opened um, yeah. and quite late, which probably – and so like 9.20, which is pretty close to my regular bedtime. So <laughs> there's, it's probably why I was a little bit maybe quite less excited. But I, st- I still very much enjoyed it. I thought, as always with Marvel, the storytelling is on point. It's fun too. Mm-hmm. Um, and – Doctor Strange reminded me a lot of Doctor House, and not just because of the way Cumberbatch's accent sounds exactly like the accent Hugh Laurie does for House. Yeah, well, maybe in some scenes, but in the next scene, it sounds like a completely different accent. Yeah. The scene after that, I mean, he's it is all over the place. Yeah, it they really dreadful. should have just left him being English. It would yeah, it would have made absolutely no difference to the movie, the plot, the character, or anything. Yeah. Um. And so that was uh, that was distracting to me, as accent things always are. Mm. Um. So. That was slightly troubling, but it was was quite fun. I watched um, a couple of months ago the animated Doctor Strange from Marvel from like maybe 10 years ago, and um, this is quite different. I mean, obviously the origin story is similar. Um, surgeon crashes his car, hands get damaged, you really can't change that. But I did enjoy this a lot more. Also, that origin story, I had so much trouble watching that. Right from like before you knew he was going to crash the car and when they were building up to it and he was driving like a maniac and I was like, oh no, 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 no. And like my friend was hiding in the seat. Yeah. Next to me. And then, um, and then the car crash and then the, the actual surgery on the hands and all the pins in yeah. them. And I just, uh, that was really hard for me to watch. All right. I couldn't stomach that. E- ever pra- there's so much, I can stomach so much gore. Yeah. But like whenever there's things that happen to like hands and mouths, I get really, really. Oh thingy about it right I, I really had trouble with that <laughs> yeah I, I was more like practical I was like so you can't do the actual operations anymore that doesn't mean you're no longer a doctor that doesn't mean you can't do your job anyway I know that ruined that's like you know 
not how the story goes, but in my practical brain, I was like, well, if he was a real doctor, he'd just find another job where he, you know, could use his skills, but he didn't have to use his hands necessarily. But anyway. Um, well, I, yeah, but the point of him is that he's really yeah. arrogant and he wants yeah. that, like he, he is talented mm. in that area and he wants to, you know, do that. Yes, absolutely. Um, and, and, and they definitely sold the arrogance. I tell you what. Yeah, holy well, this, crap. That's why the um, Dr. House works so well. Yeah. Um, and who is, of course, Sherlock Holmes. So it um, wasn't a great stretch. And also disabled and yeah. et cetera. Yeah, I, I just like there's, you know, it, it was a movie that uh, pacing was really good. Mm. Um, I was sort of, there weren't too many moments when I was starting to get bored. Occasionally when they started talking about things like Mads would, uh, Kai, whatever Mads yep character was called, yep, <laughs> um, would talk. I'm just going to call him Mads from now on. Um, uh <laughs> like about his plans and you're like really that's the best that you can go for this again it's mm. he's not interesting or exciting i love the eye makeup i love it it looks cool. so cool but um he just and mads is really good it just doesn't there's not much to him yeah um, that's the marvel villain problem yeah. rearing its head again but the well because dormammu is actually quite a good villain in this um he's much scarier and and i do have there's other problems that it's i dormammu. have dormammu is the big monster thingy oh. at the end of the movie that he traps in the time loop. Yes, yes. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yes. Dormammu is, I believe, uh, Doctor Strange's traditional villain. Nemesis, right. Nemesis. He's also in um, the Marvel Marvel Lego game that we played. Yeah, yeah. Um, okay, yeah. So, Because yeah. I, I actually think um, – I actually think Mordo is more interesting as a villain, but – um, I'm sorry, he shows yet. up and they call that, like, I thought his name was Mordor, by the way, yeah. <laughs> for the whole thing. And I'm like, his name is Mordor, he's a bad guy. And there's a point <laughs> which Tilda Swinton says his, he was forged in the fires of his youth or something like that. And I was like, <laughs> he was forged in the fires of Mordor. Yeah. <laughs> Couldn't. Um, I think he's a slightly more interesting villain because you could sort of see him, his journey. But yeah, the, Mads Mikkelsen is not the main, I think, villain of the piece. Well, Chewie's also a really good actor. Yes. Um, so that helps. But I mean, he doesn't get to play good guys very often. But no, um, but he's a good actor. So yeah, I get that. Um, it's also nice that he's not the sidekick. Mm. Um, which is kind of is good. Um, yeah. Speaking it, of sidekicks, Wong was hilarious. Um, yeah. <laughs> he's so funny. He he was so funny. I loved him. He 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 and the and the cape were my favorite characters. Yeah. Um, that which, cape. That cape reminds me so much of magic carpet of carpet from Aladdin. Yeah. Um, that was all I was thinking the whole time. I was just like, oh my God, it's exactly like, cause you know, it's always doing things of its own accord and doing mm. cute little funny things. And, um, and also they have to kind of be in agreement mm. if they want to do anything. Like if the cape wants to do something and, and Dr. Strange doesn't, the cape just pulls him. Yeah. In the I, I, um, it made me think a little bit of the sorting hat in Harry Potter, um, yeah. where it sort of comes to people when they need it and gives them what they need. Um, but yeah, I, that's a good piece of sort of magic lore as well. The cape. And it was fun, and it was really good CG as well. Like when, even when he was swinging around his shoulders and stuff, just gorgeous. Yeah, the it was it's called the cloak of levitation or something. But I'm I'm just mm. in my head, it's just magic carpet. <laughs> yeah, and he looks boss in it. So yeah. Um, speaking of the special effects being gorgeous, God, they were so gorgeous. I mean, this movie looks incredible yeah. in like almost every frame that it's got special effects. It's just gorgeous. All the um neon creepy, like the the Dormammu verse stuff yeah. is really pretty oh um, yes and t- i'll tell you what i liked about that as well it felt of a piece with the other um phase three marvel movies like it mm. felt like it belonged in the guardians universe and even in the ant-man um nano universe you know subatomic universe kind of thing it all felt like it fit together yeah um 
while still having kind of its own flavor. It was yeah. very bright and colorful and, and that sort of thing. Mm. And they made jokes. They mm. make jokes, so many jokes. And not in a like Ant-Man, like, I don't know. I felt like Ant-Man was really on the nose uh. with a lot of the jokes and the humor. Yeah, I don't know. I've having watched Ant-Man again since it came out. It was kind of funny. I I don't I don't have a soft spot for probably from Michael Peña mostly, but there are some yeah, that, funny that, bits I did in find it. him really funny in that movie actually. But you're right. The the sort of offhand quips and stuff were sort of they were back to what I've come to associate with Marvel, like the Iron Man side of Marvel, mm. um which was nice. And I guess, I guess with Doctor Strange being, you know, in the same vein of characters as Tony Stark, it's you he get, is, yeah. get a bit more of that. I was thinking that too, that he's quite similar to Tony. I actually said that on the way home. Mm-hmm. Um, I also was thinking like that it's very Star Wars-y. Um, there's a lot of Star Wars in this movie. Um, we talked about Aladdin. There was some other movie that I'm sure will come to me that this reminded me of a lot. Um, Rachel McAdams, I feel so bad for her in this movie because she basically got Natalie Portman. Like she gets nothing to do. Her character is like saintly and perfect and has no flaws. Um, apart from clearly being in love with the wrong person, um, because he's a douchebag. I know it would have been more fun if she'd been like Doctor Watson. Like, yeah, that I was hoping they'd go there with her, and they kind of didn't. Plus, she gets stuck, you know, in the hospital, not having adventures, and kind of cleaning up after him. Yeah, and it was so like she's just kind of stand by your manning it. Like it's so creepy that she has nothing else to do apart from look after Stephen Strange. That really, but I actually quite, quite, I actually thought that they were quite good together. Um, mm, I, I thought that Benedict Cumberbatch and Rachel McAdams played off each other quite well, and I would have enjoyed seeing them. And they had some like nice lines together too, like funny moments and stuff. And I would have enjoyed seeing them with, with her being given a role to do well, and good serious moments because she's an excellent actor. As yeah. is he, there's the bit where he has run out of money and he's talking about treatments and he's telling her to go away in his apartment. That scene, she's. Um, that only works. I know you just rolled your eyes, but that only works because the two of them are actually really good actors, and they it barely works because the, I mean that scene just made me really frustrated because I was like, a it's very on the nose. But the thing that got me was that she's so she's still so supportive, mm. like she's still being nice to him, and you're like, stop. You know he's doing this, and she goes, I I can't stand by and let you and watch you do this to yourself. And I'm like, right now he's not doing anything to himself. He is being really rude to you, like that kind of stuff. I don't know. I know there are people who are really nice like that, but then their niceness is kind of like a flaw as well as a strength. Yeah, and it whereas seems like, it didn't feel like they were going no. for that. With she's just been put here to be saint. I want to say Charlotte. Um. Christine, Dr. Palmer. I was pretty close. I, I didn't actually know she had a first name because was, she was always Dr. Palmer, which is No, good, no, I remember but... now because he keeps running through the hospital going, Christine. And then she's <laughs> like, yes. And you're like, this is a hospital. Well, he's There's going. no other doctors. Well she, no, well, she seems to run the emergency room. Yeah, she does run the emergency room. So but he like, goes at the to the emergency time, room where she probably is. And then he runs around just going, Christine. And she's like, yep, no other things are happening at any point. That's just crazy. Um, and then she, he's like, "You have to get me into an operating room all by yourself." And she's like, "Okay." I yeah, I love that they were able to find a room, and then like no one was using it. There were no protocols to be scrubbed in or anything like. They just like found an empty operating room they could use. Well, at the beginning of the movie, they scrub. They um no they they um um like set up for the operation in ten minutes. Like the guy, because mm. there's the guy who was pronounced dead by the jerk doctor, and then well, I believe you can set up for an operation very quickly if you need to. 
but ten minutes. But he, still. he says he's he's like literally like about to operate, and he goes ten minutes ago, and I'm like ten minutes ago. Yeah, yeah. Ten minutes ago, that's crazy. It takes longer than that to just like actually like scrub in and wash your hands and then get the patient. Like they would have to do the um um sedation of the patient and stuff, right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, even if he is unconscious, they'd surely uh, have to give him pain know. medication in case he woke up yeah. or something. Well, the bit that was unbelievable about that was not that they got him from the ER to the OR in that time. That's that's believable. It's that it was only 10 minutes earlier that the other doctor was ready to pronounce him dead and Rachel McAdams had run to the, the yeah, operating yeah. room to find him. And yeah, that's, that was crazy. Like, it Unless it taken- was an exaggeration because I do that all the time. I mean, and for the last couple of days I've been talking about how like, oh, it's been 20 years since I saw this person. And I'm like, no, I haven't known them that long. But Yeah. You know. And also that sort of grandiose over-exaggeration kind of fits with this character. That's true. I just do the exaggeration thing because I have no concept of numbers and time. <laughs> so I'm just like, it was ages ago and I can't figure out how long. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I kind of get that, but it just felt strange to me. Strange. <laughs> that, little, that little exchange as well where um, he goes, Mr. And then he goes, Dr. <laughs> um, Mad says Mr. And then. Yeah, yeah. Then, that's, see, that was strange, cute though. And then he goes, no, it's uh, Dr. And then he goes, strange. And then he goes, maybe. <laughs> that was yeah, really yeah, funny. Yeah, and then he great. calls him Mr. Doctor after that. Yeah, that was great. <laughs> And really that was funny. a good little Marvel joke as well because it's kind of it it appeals it's kind of broadly appealing. Yeah, that sort of stuff was really fun. I just, um, but you know Rachel McAdams, she is finally in the Marvel universe. She really deserves a better role. Mm. And this is the problem, another Marvel problem. The Marvel have the villain problem, but they also have the love interest problem. Yeah, well, and they- some of the love interests really stand out as great characters. Peggy and and um, Pepper are mm. really good characters. Peggy is just well, and they you know. they hire these really accomplished, mm-hmm. well respected, highly regarded actresses to play these roles and to do nothing. And why wouldn't you kind of branch it out a little bit? Mm. Well, why doesn't I, – I just don't understand why she doesn't have any other personality traits mm. apart from nice. <laughs> like, she has – she doesn't have any personality. She just is there for him to bounce off. I just thought it was so unfair. Um, it was much more interesting when they were actually, like, doing fun things and mm. doing magic and fighting and stuff than having to watch poor Rachel McAdams do all that stuff. And it's the same thing, like, the movie really slows down when, like, Mads is explaining his plan or mm. – um, I've, I actually thought the Tilda Swinton and Doctor Strange scene uh, at the hospital was quite good, where they were astral projecting. Yes. Um, but a lot of those scenes are very slow. Whenever yeah. it slows down to talk, you're just kind of like, mm, really, do we have to go through this? And I think part of my problem with that – is my problem with the entire concept of the spirituality of this movie. Oh. Um, because I have my own uh, issues with all of that when they start talking about chakras and things like that. And, oh, see, and I don't Disproving all of his uh, scientific stuff. And I'm like, oh, no. I, I don't mind no. all I don't mind all that I, stuff because it always it felt like that was her thing. And, and I always felt like Doctor Strange sort of was – he never kind of took the chakras and the wacky stuff as the only – thing he always like he had he had a foundation of you know the real world and real science to sort of back him up and he was he always took a very cerebral approach to it as well like he studied the heck out of everything that was how he did it he hermioned the heck out of this yeah but there's also a line where he says western medicine failed me so i went to the east yeah he says that right out loud yeah, yeah. which is like which they were has though <laughs> but they were trying to avoid the eastern mysticism stuff right mm. That is such an Eastern mysticism, like, 
Orientalism kind of line. Kind, I don't know. I guess it kind of felt different coming from him, like from an actual doctor. But that's the thing. He's not an actual doctor. He's a character in a movie. <laughs> he's not a real person. And somebody wrote that line. Yep. Somebody wrote him to say, Western yep. medicine failed me, so I went to the East. And somebody wrote that, that scene is- with Benjamin Bratt, where Benjamin Bratt tells him, oh, my body was failing, so I looked to my spirit and all that stuff. Yeah. And I, I get that it works for a lot of people, but I just, like, a lot of that stuff, because I have to deal with this... Uh, crystals and chakras and you know picture yourself healthy and take drink lots of water and that sort of thing when you're injured um and i see a lot of that when they do that sort of thing and i right. just get and i'm like you don't want to be yeah. spreading these kinds right. of stories well, see, because this whereas, is why people don't uh vaccinate their kids and things like that you right know? well i see i'd already seen complementary medicine as exactly that complementary not like the main course but i know that there are people who um get quite agitated and think that people who use complementary medicine are using it as an alternative to regular medicine. Well, and that's, that's not something the, that I, I, I have a problem I think that because with. that's – I know people who literally do that. It, it's not medicine. No. It doesn't do anything. No, I, but I also have quite a soft spot for um, the fact that you you can't ignore a whole person. So I tend to I, – I have a bit more, I think, sympathy towards spirituality and, and people – you know, more holistic ideas and that's the about thing, is that treatment. If you asked me like 10 and years so I'm ago, like, I, okay. if you asked me like 10 years ago, five years ago, I probably would have. But dealing with that on an everyday basis where there's no scientific fact and also, you know, the anti-vax and all that sort of stuff, it just makes me so angry, yeah. especially anti-vaxxers because they're killing kids by doing that. Children yeah. Will die. I, I, I don't, I don't disagree. Like I, but maybe yes, I don't have direct experience with actual people who behave so stupidly. But yeah, I, so I'm a bit more open, I think, to the spirituality stuff. And it's also, it's very like, I mean, it's very white people spirituality. Like you do chakra stuff in yoga. Yeah. Yeah, that's probably something we also need to talk about is the whitewashing of the Tilda Swinton role um, and taking it. like that. Which was all of our biggest problem going into it, like which was everyone's biggest problem going yeah. into it. And they try to, they hang a lantern on it by... I think they, they talk about her being Celtic at some point. They also hang a lantern on it right at start when um yes when Strange walks in and he thinks that the other guy is the ancient one and he mm. looks like, you know, he's got the long beard and the whole like what's his name the bad guy from Flash Gordon. I can't remember, but that whole yellow peril kind of look to him, mm. and then that guy's not the master and and um Tilda Swinton is or not yeah, the ancient one. Yeah, they, or they do they they do and. So that always feels a bit on the nose to me because it's like they missed the point. Like they, they were – because that smacks to them thinking they were really clever making yeah, it a woman. That's exactly what it is. And yeah. you know that what they said about it is that like, oh, they thought it was racist and um, they wanted to avoid the racism. So they – but the thing is they defaulted to white. Yeah. And when you default to white, you assume that white is the norm. Mm. Like that, you know, white is uh, – this is the standard. And that's not even true – there are fewer white people in the world than there are Asian people. That's crazy, yeah. right? So, like, it's just not it's just not acceptable. No. Um, and they could have easily just gender-swapped her without um, race-swapping. Yeah, I mean, no, no. like, put Michelle Yeoh in that role. She would have killed it. Um, yeah, I mean, well, like, there would be no shortage of Asian actresses. Who I'm sure there's part. not, but she's the first person yeah. that uh, – when I was watching it, I was like, she would be really great in yeah, this role. Yeah, she would. Because she can actually do all the fighting stuff too because you could tell mm. that it wasn't Tilda Swinton whenever they were doing that. Yeah. Um, it would block her face I, I imagine the there was probably also a temptation that they were very keen to have Tilda Swinton and Benedict Cumberbatch play off one another, like act together. And I can totally understand that temptation as well. But again, it, you know, it didn't have to be in this movie or with this 
this role. She would have made an excellent villain somewhere along the way. Yeah. And watching that, like, all unfold, it's just really, um, it's just really kind of stressful yeah. to me because I was like, I really want to like this movie. but And, and she's does really cool things. And then you're like, but she's, th- this role has got so many problems. But then again, if you didn't gender swap it, you literally just have Rachel McAdams as the only female role in the movie. Yeah. Like everybody else is male, which is, um, the, um, Mads has a bunch of female acolytes, which I thought was really great. I yeah. think he has three female and two male acolytes. Mm-hmm. Um, so, and you know, I like to see like female minions and things in mm. movies. Well, and yeah, that was really fun. It. So then, do you, you know, do you gender swap Mordo? Then they'd have probably stuffed that up and made it a white woman as well. You know, well, but um, but Mordo's not black in the comics. Oh, he's, he's um, black in the in the um, animated. Is he? Yeah. Well, so I, I I just assumed he don't, was. Maybe I'm yeah. wrong, but because uh, I was talking to Jamie about it before, and he said he was race swapped. So oh, maybe I and know, I, he... I think I read that when it first came out, but. There's so much <laughs> swapping around in this movie. And they weren't going to put Wong in the movie either. They only added Wong after the mm. controversy about the Tilda Swinton casting. So they weren't actually going to have any oh, Asian I, men in lead roles in this Wong movie. Because Wong is like, a, again, a fairly, from what I know, which is like earlier Marvel animated movies, he's um, a fairly major role in this. Well, I think the problem is that he was he was like traditionally like a manservant type role. Ah, uh, right. Um, like Kato and, and, oh, that's the other movie that this reminded me of was Green Lantern. Oh, um, lucky it. Well, not in, but not in like necessarily all the bad ways, but just in the sort of they use the magic to make weapons, and that's um, and and it kind of looked a bit like Green Lantern, right? I also noticed that the the, the special effects that they use for Stephen to make the magic, like the time turning magic yep. when he turns it, looks a lot like what Tony does with his hologram um, I, computer it, it stuff. It felt very much like it, it did actually felt a lot like that, especially with the um with the thing up around his arm and mm-hmm. stuff. It just he and he and Tony Stark would clearly. Uh, hate operate each other. in the same universe. Yes, I know. <laughs> Those two would meet and they would hate each other. Um, that was really entertaining to me. To yeah, and, it's, and I, I imagine it will be quite entertaining when they do meet probably in Infinity War. Mm-hmm. Uh, assuming. I felt like such a moron, by the way, when they when at the end when Wong went, oh, it's an Infinity Gem. And I'm like, how did I not figure that out? Like, you know, I normally figure all of these things out fairly yeah. early. He said that and I was like, oh, my God. Well, you know, I like jewellery. So, I was just like, oh, yes, it's a coloured stone. It's an infinity stone. I don't think I even knew it was a stone inside it. Like, I was I was uh, just like, oh, it's glowy. Yeah. Um, I don't really, like, pay no. attention to that sort of thing. I was paying attention more to its plot <laughs> relevance than what it was. Yeah. No, and no. I just felt so dumb um, uh-huh. not having figured that one out earlier because I normally pick up on these things. Yeah, it felt stupid. I was like, oh my God. I wouldn't worry too much about feeling stupid if you don't pick up things. I never pick up on things and I it's kind of nice not to. It's <laughs> nice to have things revealed to you um, as they come. Although, I, I, yeah, I feel like that if it's like a genuine surprise sometimes, like, um, or if it suddenly clicks into place and everything makes sense. But in that case, it was just, it was so obvious. Um, yes. And I, did, I, I missed it. So that was a bit <laughs> upsetting to me. But yeah, the, there's um, Green Lantern was the third movie that I was thinking of quite a bit with this movie because there's kind of... <laughs> And and also the arrogant guy, yeah, that kind of stuff. Yeah, it's um, it's such a trope. Like they, you can think of so many characters like this. Like it didn't take me, look, you know, it didn't take us long to name a whole bunch of them. And that's the thing. Always think, men, by the way. Yeah, and that's the thing is that it's another white guy, and he's not really doing anything different to all the white guys before him. Like he's not giving us something new. It's not a new story. Although I did quite like the fact that he, uh, that his kind of 
punishment idea, which is similar to a bunch of other stuff. The first one that comes to mind for me is like Angel. There's a um, punishment sort of dimension and they uh, live in this like suburb place and then they have the same day over and over again. At the end of every day, they have to go down and like have their insides ripped out. Yes, um, like Prometheus. That's that's from Greek mythology. Yeah, like that. Yeah. But I was thinking of more of the time loop specifically rather than like this. It's um, Sisyphus, isn't it? No, Sisyphus pushing a rock up all day. Prometheus has his liver ripped um, ripped out every day, and it grows back by birds, and it grows back every night, only for him to have the same birds come and attack him the next morning. Okay, because he invented fire. Right, but that's quite a common. Um, mythological trope yes. that one and yeah but and it was more the effective it, it i think it was specifically the time loop thing that i was thinking of like the, the repeating yeah. the groundhog day effect yeah um where it's just repeating over and over again yes. um that worked really well and it looked really good and and dormammu was kind of an effect more effective villain than mads was even mm-hmm. though dormammu was in two seconds and all cgi yeah. like uh, well, he, he felt a bit like um in the avengers the first one um uh, thanos when he first appears right well, have we seen Thanos since then? I can't. I think, I think maybe he's been in Guardians. post credits. Yeah, yeah, maybe. It's weird, isn't it? I, I'm trying to remember. But I, like he's been sort of lo- lurking in the background and looming for like. Yeah. Well, that's a lot of movies since then. It's a whole phase and a half. Yeah, it's it's, <laughs> it's a solid five years. Yeah. Um, it's interesting. I, I hadn't thought of that, but yeah, he um he's much more creepy and and also feels like more of a genuine threat. I think. That this, there's a sense in this movie, in spite of the massive kind of damage that's being done, that there's not really any threat. Yeah. Um, yeah, the villain problem again, right? Yeah. Yeah, like, the threat all seems like to Steven. And, like, there's no it, – it's not like this. the world is at stake or anything. Or it doesn't yeah, feel like that Yeah, I, I think it might have been more effective if – because there's a lot of talk about, like, you know, there's other ways to save lives and he doesn't really want to save lives in the beginning of the movie. Mm. And and I felt like it would have been more effective if there was, like, a life that he had to save. Um, I understand you wouldn't want to be um, fridging and, and that would be a problem, I think, if it was the um, if it was Christine, um, which is kind of where I thought the movie was going, actually. But um, I thought it might have actually been kind of effective if it was Mordor or, or maybe Wong, but especially if it was um, Mordor. Um, Mordo. Mm. Um, <laughs> That like if he was somehow like trapped or hurt or mm. or tortured or dying or whatever, and or then t- Stephen had to do character something. like if he had to be part of that surgery or something, I don't know. But then she's got to die. Speaking of that, I really thought I, I really enjoyed the uh, astral projection fight scene yeah. earlier on, and when when Christine is just kind of like, "What do I do? This is really crazy. You are yeah. floating in the air," and he's just like, "Oh, keep me alive," and she's like, "Okay." <laughs> um, it's that kind of thing that like, and that reminded me of Claire a bit, um, from, um, the TV shows, um, Defenders Universe, Claire Temple. Oh, right. Yes. Not my sister. Yes, she did. <laughs> that, I thought, see, that was where I was kind of like, this is something you can develop into an interesting characteristic of hers. Yeah. Right. That like, that crazy things are happening and she's just kind of dealing with it as she goes along. That could have been interesting to continue yeah. and to develop but then she later says everything is crazy and yeah you sort of take that's taken so, away from when you well. said like a, like the healing under weird circumstances and you said claire i was thinking claire from outlander but same kind of thing like <laughs> this incredibly practical medical woman in the middle of these idiots you know yeah. um which is great that was great too yeah i mean rachel mcadams despite not being given much to do is so talented that she can kind of she can wring some stuff from the crap that she gets to actually make 
make you really like her. Yeah, I know. And that's the thing is why it's so disappointing because yeah. you're like, but she's so good and she deserves so much more. Yeah. Um, like, just, and it, it, it is it a Jane problem. It blows my mind that you hire people, you hire women like Natalie Portman and Rachel McAdams and even to a lesser extent um, Gwyneth Paltrow and um, Hayley Atwell. And Hayley Atwell. Well, Hayley Atwell, they do eventually use. but And you just like, why are you paying all this money to get these incredibly top-notch people and then not even stretching them a little? Yeah, I mean, I understand that angle on it as well. But for me, it's just frustrating for them to like – uh, it's just frustrating that they um, don't write better roles. <laughs> yeah, no, I don't understand why they don't either. In the because first place, just it, at the script level, yeah. write better roles for women. And also, yeah, you, you're Marvel, you can afford it. So you can afford to put the time into developing the characters better, uh, but you can afford to get someone good to play them. So, yeah. like, why wouldn't you? Um, yeah, and and that's the thing is, like, this movie, every so often I just would be reminded of just how frustrating it was. Yeah. And then they would do, like, another fight scene that was really fun and I would just completely forget about it. Like, I was grinning through half the movie because I just thought it was so, like, it was so enjoyable to watch. Um, watching the fight scenes, like, the really creative stuff that they were doing, even just, just trapping Mads in that contraption yeah um was such a clever cool weird little moment you know it, it was it looked cool those um sanctorums looked cool yeah um they had that the aesthetic was a little steampunky a little like it was they were old buildings you could tell they'd been there forever they kind of um uh, that contraption that they trapped him in had this kind of I don't know, it was like a throwback to, you know, Victorian asylums and stuff yeah. like that. There was a nice sort of scary – It fit the fact that there were all these old artefacts, you know, on display upstairs, it, it suited the space that they were in. I know. And and that, that the, the windows yeah. to the different places was such a cool, like, little effect and yeah. then him using them against the yeah, people. Yeah, that was great. I, that was really, I, really fun. I know, seriously, but The Lost World, there's a bit in a scene in a caravan in The Lost World where – there's Wait, sorry, The Lost World? The second Jurassic Park movie. Right. <laughs> At letting people slide past you. like Oh, the very... bus scene. Yes, the bus. Sorry, I thought it was a caravan. Anyway, yeah. But that scene, um, it just reminded me of that, which is very silly. But It might have been a caravan. But yeah. That no, was I, very clever usage of that sort of I remember trope. That. Yeah. Um, that was really, yeah, I thought that was really, really fun. And like just all of that stuff, you know, and the, the crazy uh, – Inception-y kind of moving uh -huh. the buildings around and stuff like that was just – it was so much to watch. And usually I don't like really busy things, but it worked so well for this I, movie. I really liked when they changed the gravity, like when the gra – Yeah. When they wouldn't really do – Inception-y. <laughs> yeah, but the, – yeah, exactly. Yep. And there's a bit when um, he's fighting um, um, Chewie in the beginning or early on in the movie and Chewie makes like these little platforms with the magic for him to run around yeah. and then smash him. That was really cool. There's a lot of stuff like that and, and like making the portals and things like that kind of uh, – what was it called? The, all I could think of was it's called the bling ring <laughs> thing that they used to make the portals. Yeah, the swirly – the swirly sling, hands. Sling ring. Sling ring, yes. And I, every time they said it, I was like, bling ring. Yeah. <laughs> but that was really like – you could sort of see the way that magic works in this world. Yeah. Um. I would have liked to have seen a little bit more of that, to be honest, like yeah. a little bit more explanation because it's just, oh, you harness it from other dimensions. And then she goes, study it for ages, but we don't get an example. Like yeah. we know how people can study the human body and then be able to yeah. like um, reattach things and stuff yeah, like that. I was, there's no link to me between studying this thing and then being able to do it. Yeah, I wanted a better training montage. I was just about to say that actually because you see him start and he's like, he's having trouble, he can't get it. And then 
but there's not real. It's way too quick of a jump to he gets how to do it. Yeah, and he figures it out. Like it needs a, more of that. I think it's really good for us to for to watch characters like that fail. Like mm. the audience is definitely gonna love that a character that arrogant, stuffing up and failing and not being able to do it. And, and then there the, should be more interactions with Wong as yeah. well, like watching a character that arrogant who thinks he's so charming and he's so funny and then Wong's just like, no, you are not charming and you are not funny and you are not entertaining me. And then Wong listening to Beyonce. Yeah. <laughs> that was great. Yeah, that was great. But, but yeah, I reckon we needed more. Like we got a lot of him studying and that's cool, but we needed more of him trying to do magic and stuffing it up. Yeah. And getting frustrated. Well, not just him studying, but him learning, which yeah. is a different. Yeah, sorry, learning. Like practicing and not being able to do it and stuffing up and getting frustrated. And then like being taught the ways, like all she does is she goes, oh, let go. Yeah. And then he can do it. And you're like, really? Yeah. But whereas it would have been much more fun to have him get his ass kicked like more than once by by everyone, basically, by yeah. Mordo and, and the others, as he kept kept getting his ass kicked and he finally I figures was, his way out of it. That was another thing where I was really disappointed was that, like, Wong was killed off screen in a – that was a strange moment. So Wong stands up to Mads yeah. and, and his acolytes and then we cut to um, Mordor and, and and Strange having a chat and then they go there and it's they're too late already and Wong's already dead. I know they bring him back after that. But yeah. I find, kind of felt robbed of that scene yeah, it was, of him fighting and him losing. It felt weird. It was like why we find a character that we know really well already dead. That's, yeah. It felt weird. And then comes back. But yeah. Oh, also, I loved I loved that they did that whole backwards thing and they were fighting while everybody else was backwards and yeah, then yeah. they had the time stop and all of that. I mean, it's so creative. Yeah. Um, and that's, I think, what a lot of these Marvel movies have been missing recently is that kind of actual creativity around, like, the world and, and they really need to – uh, go back to that a little bit. Yeah. Well, I actually looked up Scott Derrickson before because I'm not particularly familiar with him, and I was like, oh, he's not another one who's just done one Sundance film and got a Marvel movie, and he's not. He's been around like directing for like 20 years. What else and has he made? A whole lot of horror stuff, Ooh. actually. And actually, that makes sense. I can yeah, see that. I'll bring it up. I'll bring him. Just let me find an IMDb, and I'll bring him up because he has a really good sense of that kind of creepy yeah. thing. Because and that, I, that opening scene was quite scary, actually. Yeah. And what I was going to say is, I think. The value of getting a director who's got a bit more experience, I think, is um is actually kind of a um a good thing for Marvel because they, you know, I think they're a little bit better at it than say some others. But like he made Deliver Us from Evil, he made The Day the Earth Stood Still, probably mm. the remake, in Hellraiser, Inferno, God, yeah, like but The Exorcism of Emily Rose, Sinister, oh, yeah. yeah, he's kind of wait, so, Sinister, yeah, okay, in I've seen that. I want to talk about a couple of other things just before we wrap up. Um, the post credit scenes with Thor. Oh. If Taika Waititi didn't write that, then, like, I'd be very surprised. I'm so sure he wrote yeah. that. Um, the beer thing and the, like, what was it? Yeah. The, there's a line that Thor says about finding Odin and, and um, uh-huh. stuff like that that felt very much like him. Um, mm-hmm. And that, that Thor was just kind of hanging out in street clothes. Yeah. It felt so... Uh, like him, and then the other Can't post. Wait for the Taker Waititi Thor. I have to say, me either. It's going to be he's. It's going to be really good. Taker Waititi. It, it's either going to be really good or really terrible, but it's going to be really interesting yeah. no matter what happens. So. T- Taker Waititi and Chris Hemsworth seem to be a good pair. Like yeah. putting them together, I think has worked quite well. And uh, the other post-credit scene that was really sad. Yeah. I found that really upsetting. Um, I didn't even care about Benjamin Bratt, but watching that, that was really sad and really like mean. Mm, you yeah. know, like if you, it was really, it's effective to set up a villain because after that, you just really don't like him anymore. It's really mean. 
yeah, it was an odd um, choice for post credits too. Like it, it was almost too much. Yeah, like it, I felt like, oh, right. I know because we can sh- sort of put together that Mordor's going to go down that path. Yeah, but to actually see it straight away after the movie, you're kind of like, okay, yeah, maybe it's trying to make people excited about another Stephen Strange movie. Yeah, but- it's weird. Um, I don't know why they did it, and it was an odd spot to put that. Yeah. Especially right at the end, most people are left, yeah. and it well, it also should have been more of a hint and less of a less obvious. Yeah, but what I did really like, um, I liked the score quite a bit. It's Michael Giacchino, oh, but yeah. even more than the score, there's a cover of the, a remix of the score at the end. It's like a funk kind of thing. Yeah. <laughs> that was amazing. I was like, you guys should do the whole soundtrack like this. <laughs> that would be such a weird, cool choice for this movie. Like, because yeah. it is a weird movie, it would it kind of deserves that kind of weird soundtrack. Yeah. Um, and I thought that was terrific. I was like really into that. Um, and because, because Marvel's had like, people have been talking about Marvel having like a music problem, which I don't entirely agree with, to be honest, yeah, because, true. um, I can think of two, like off the top of my head, two different scores that are really, really good. Um, the, uh, Winter Soldier. Yep. What the, about the, just his the theme. Alan Silvestri Avengers one is good. That was the other one and, I was going to say. But the Captain America score is good too. It is. Captain America is good for the aesthetic, but I wouldn't be able to remember it. I wouldn't no. be able to like you know, hum it or anything. I can do Avengers and that 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 Winter Soldier, like the screeching yeah. kind of um mechanical noises and stuff mm-hmm. is so good and so creepy. That's on my um writing playlist actually because it's so good. Mm-hmm. But I think that this funk score probably will be as well because I loved that. Yeah, I was really glad I sat through the credits just for that bit because it was cool. <laughs> so those were the other things I was going to bring up. Yeah, but I, I did like the idea of the Thor bit and it'll be good. I, I assume that means that – um. Cumberbatch is going to be in Thor Ragnarok, which is interesting because nobody has spotted him on set or in the country. So that's that is interesting. If that's going to be the case, I don't know. Yeah, um, well, it's entirely possible as well that he's only in the like he's only in stuff that they're not shooting here. That's true. What's clearly happened that we haven't seen yet because we know that Loki was impersonating Odin last time we saw him. Yes. So by the time that we see Thor with Doctor Strange, he's already figured out. Yeah. That. Odin is not who he thinks who he uh, is, yeah. is in fact Loki and then he's brought Loki to New York um in order to find him. Yeah. So like there's clearly a lot that happens before in in um oh in the there's clearly a lot that happens in, um in Ragnarok before we get to this. Yeah. So I don't know where it fits. It's really strange. It's strange. interesting. Yes. We will be able to use that word anymore when we're talking about Marvel. No, um, but I'm looking forward to that one. But I think we have to do something else before that next year. Yeah, Guardians 2. Yep, and Spider-Man. So, yeah, fine, whatever, Spider-Man. But anyway, we'll get a new Thor movie soon and it's going to be good. (laughs) Well, the the new Guardians movie I'm really interested too because, like, Mm. now after seeing other movies, I think back much more fondly on Guardians. Likewise, actually. I was just frustrated with Guardians for not pushing the story. It's the same problem I had with Deadpool. It's just they just didn't push the story enough. Mm. Like, you know, you're in this crazy world. You've got you could tell this really cool story, but instead you're like white guy um is a jerk and then isn't. Mm. It's this story. It's it's Doctor Strange, but in space. Yep. Um and it's also Iron Man. Yeah. And it's Iron Man, you know, it's that again. It's boring. Yeah, yeah. Um Chris Pratt definitely I think Star Lord is a significantly different type of person to Doctor Strange and Tony. Oh, yeah, yeah, big time. Um, but and, and that's partly because of Chris Pratt. But like mm. it But he's also like Han Solo, you know. Yeah. Um on all well, these other kinds of white yeah, guys but who Han- get this story. Yeah. Han Solo's got a much more interesting storyline. But anyway, um so far. But I am kind of looking forward to Guardians too. Yeah. Um 
But yeah, I'm I'm quite looking forward to that. I'm right. looking forward to both the movies next year more than I was to this year. Yeah. And now that I've seen another Marvel movie for once in ages that I liked, even though it had all these problems, I really liked it. <laughs> yeah. I, I feel like I, I maybe didn't like it quite as much as you did. I was kind of a bit more, yeah, it's fine. Like it was good because it's a Marvel movie and they don't phone it in at all. But at the same time, I just didn't – nothing about it felt new or memorable. I know. And that's the thing is that I, I, I do know that. Yeah. Well, I do think it would be memorable because it is um, visually very different. And I I like creative fight scenes and I like creative, interesting things. Doing something different with, like, not the characters. I didn't feel like the characters were particularly different, apart from Wong, who was a late addition and who was probably the best human character in the thing. Mm. Um, but just with the world – yeah. To see something that they do really differently with the world was really fun for me. Um, yeah. So, yeah, I just – and I just – the humor and stuff kind of played into, I think, what I find funny. So Yeah, fair enough. Like when the cape is beating up the guy in the background while oh, Strange is running away. Yeah. And he just keeps like, he keeps like bashing his head against the ground. <laughs> yeah, I, that was cool. I was more into the, the cape wiping away Strange's tears, but yes. That was really funny too. Yeah. That was really cute. It was nice. Um, but no, all the stuff that the cape did, I just thought was really, really cute and funny and yep. I, oh, just adorable. I liked the, that. The movie should have been called Doctor Strange and His Cape. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Doctor Strange and His Magic Cape. Yeah. Um, so what are you giving it? What? I don't know. What did I give Guardians? I think I gave it three stars. Yeah. And I feel like that was probably a better movie than this one, but I still want to give this one three and a half stars. And it's partly just because expectations are now so much lower. Yeah. And um, I, I gave Guardians, I think, three and a half, which is making me feel like I should give this three and a half because I probably enjoyed it at least as much. But I, I'm not sure I liked it quite as much. Well, I'm going to give it three and a half. I'm going to give it three. Yeah. And then it balances out. <laughs> yeah, pretty between much. Between the two of us, it all balances yeah, out. Yeah. Uh, but the difference between that three and three and a half is like not much. I mean, I, but probably three, I think, given that I you know, I didn't find it anything special about Actually, it. I think you could probably say a lot of the problems with this are the same as the problems with Guardians. Yeah. Um, in that, like, it did have a very, um, tread a very similar path. There were problems with the female characters and people of color. Um, in Guardians, it's that they were hiding all the people of color under a lot of makeup. Yeah. Um, or like they only did voice roles. You know, there's, there's a lot of, you could say there's quite a few similarities, I suppose, between the two of them. And they had really create, they both looked really creative and different and and interesting. Mm. Yeah. Um, and they had good soundtracks. <laughs> yes. That when the, when the song played that he was listening to during the, um, surgery, I was like, oh, okay, I can get into this movie. Yeah. <laughs> Actually, even before that, um, when Mads cut the dude's head off, cause it was so creepy and cool. And I was like, oh, this is kind of interesting. Uh-huh. Um, it reminded me of, um, Hell, um, Hellboy, actually, uh. the opening. Cause in the opening of Hellboy, they go into a monastery or something. And mm, I believe yeah, that's the case. I think it's since Hellboy. I saw Hellboy, but I believe you. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. It was cool. Yeah. We've cool. been talking for a long time. We should stop. All right. Thank you very much for listening to the Silver Screen Queens podcast. If you'd like to find our old episodes or show notes, they're on our website, silverscreenqueens.com. If you'd like to read Katie's review of Doctor Strange or any of the other movies that she watches, you can do that on her blog, silverscreenqueen.wordpress.com. And if you want to find us on social media, we are facebook.com forward slash silverscreenqueens, at screen underscore queens on Twitter, and tumblr.silverscreenqueens.com on Tumblr. Thank you for listening. Bye. Bye.